Welcome to episode 289 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is producer extraordinaire Oksana Valeria Novosachi. Hello. Hi, mixing things up today. Because today is Hallow's Eve. Russell, hit the cue. What's the cue? Happy Halloween. (laughs) Oh, I don't have that. (laughs) Boom. I did. You know, I, I never even set that up. For the creepy Clark Halloween Thunder, I just I recorded one of our decorations downstairs, and I thought about pulling it for Halloween, but I I didn't think we were gonna draw attention. That to voice it. you hear right now, which I am very disappointed in, <laughs> is Russell John the Fisherman. Well, I had uh, Halloween spirit all month, and we're here now, and it's kind of like the episode's not gonna go up till what November second. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I don't know, but what I do know. Said also joining us from Atlanta, Georgia, Randy Michael Stapp. That's me. Uh, we're going to go with uh, Revolting Randy for this uh, holiday <laughs> Halloween uh, episode. And uh, yeah, also would say that you keep the, uh, well, let's just keep spooky going into November. Fuck it. Oh, let's yeah. do it. Yeah. You know what? Y'all are claiming to be uh, festive and I'm looking at the movies you're going to talk about. Mm, mm, not so festive. What are you talking about? I got a horror film. Oh, is that okay? Thank you so much. <laughs> is it a Halloween movie? Is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, no. I, okay. I didn't think so. It is if you want it to be, man. <sighs> dude, I've been living the Halloween life. We all, dude, we went to a fucking Terror Vault. Oh, how was that? Uh, it was great. I mean, explain to our listeners what Terror Vault Terror is. Vault is a uh, nationally ranked. I say that and I don't know if what the standard, ra- there's rankings and AP yeah. rankings of hard. Um, so Peaches Christ does one out here yes. at the Mint. And like, I mean, it's nationally ranked in that people do polls all the time or like, you know, top 10 and it's on there now. Sure. It's still pretty new, but uh, I mean, it, it's it been, uh, it was trending on Twitter last year. Like Jason Bloom flew out to do it. Like, I don't know. It's pretty cool. Um, it's like the biggest haunt within San Francisco, I think. I, I've ever which is insane much no, Are, but no one wants to do this in san francisco it's like oh san francisco meaning oakland or like very close yeah. to san francisco in the east bay <laughs> all of our culture is gone so i mean you know jason bloom puts his stamp on everything so yeah i think he's he's almost like starbucks for real estate yeah like if and he guess shows what up, sucks both <laughs> of them well no the property value goes up because they scout it really well and i think that dude He's got a good pulse on what, like, whatever Instagram horror community is all about. But what he doesn't have a good pulse on is quality. I don't know. He's hit or miss. We may talk about that later. I don't know. He's making it work. He's making uh, movies with a budget. No, his checkbook's full. That's that's nice. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I can't complain. I like to complain about Bloomhouse, but I'm not going to. I will. You would have hated that night though because we shot Terrell's last uh Blu-ray Tuesday in October yeah. which he decided he wanted to do a skit during mm-hmm. so he showed up and he was like hey I want to do some acting but also we need to leave here by blank and I was like okay well let's do it <laughs> yeah and uh but all it did was stress him out it actually the the skit came out good and we got to the sketch. Men- the sketch what Thank it, you. the bit came out great better and uh we we got there with like 5 minutes to spare in you know, very, uh, God, <laughs> it's unreal. But then I think, didn't they, we didn't even end up going in during our time slot. It was like, yeah, they give you a, what the hell they sell, uh, tickets based on time. Like, 
And you would think, oh, okay, you show up there and someone's like, you have a spot reserved. But really, you check in, then they stamp you and you wait in a line. It, it's really they know what like, they're doing. It's like a metering system, just so that there's not too many people in there all at once. Um, but they do have, they have some tickets left for today and Friday. Oh, day. they must have opened up. Because when we were there, they said they were completely sold out until yeah. November 5th. And they're like, you got to buy them there. They're sixty dollars tickets, but if you're out here, go do it. They, sixty dollars. Yeah. What does sixty dollars get $65 you? Sixty five dollars for today, and then fifty five for the Friday. You get an hour long, basically like play. Like it's kind of a hunt because you're walking through the the basement level of the mint, mm-hmm. which they turn like this year. It's all like a vampire theme. Mm-hmm. It it looks great, like movie quality. Mm, vampire. Um, I uh I partook. You know, I I don't really drink anymore. You know, my routine daily is I come home and take a couple hits of a joint. I read a book. I'm very zen. I'm very like IT San Francisco now. <laughs> Dude, I, I stopped doing a lot of freeways. I use kettlebells. Dude, I am. You're Brody Stevens. I'm, yeah. <laughs> so, yes, we were rushing. I was like, you know, I'm not going to hold everybody up. I just, you know, took a little gummy. Uh, that thing hit me when I got there and I was in. It was like I was just watching a movie. Like I, I was having a little trouble walking down the stairs. <laughs> And for some reason, in our group, the, the actors kept picking me to do things. So at one point, a dude grabbed me by the arm. He looked like uh, our favorite vampire from What We Do in the Shadows, the mm-hmm. TV show. Yeah. And uh, he was Laszlo. just low. He, 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 he caught my eyes, and he was like, look at me. If you want to get in the vampire club, you need to say this phrase. And I was just like... What's happening? <laughs> and he told me three times direct eye contact. Like if my eyes wandered, he would bring them back and be like, dude, listen to me. And I he pushed me through the coffin. And I started going down the little tunnel and I went, I don't know what he just said. <laughs> and the whole time I was almost in like a panic. I was just walking. I'm like, oh God, what did he just tell me? I would hate that. <laughs> I know. But I was honestly, dude, I was in a great mood. Uh, we bought like three drinks for $15 each before. Uh, God, we got in line. We, we got one for free because he made the wrong one. He's like, you going to drink this anyway? And I was like, uh, he's like, yeah, you're going to drink it. <laughs> but like Oksana was like, I can't finish this. So I, pa- I dude, I was having like a panic attack. We got in the line. I just yelled out something. The guy's like, close enough. And let us. <laughs> yeah, they, dude, it was fun. They made me get on my knees and pray. Dude, I was having a... When was the last time that happened? <laughs> we, they, we both had to. We were being, I don't know, punished. Yeah, they picked us out. Me and Randy, we're good Christian boys, so we got knee pads <laughs> built into all our pants. Is that right, brother? I'm wearing a uh, compression band on my knee right now, actually. I've been oh. having knee issues. Oh, my God. What we got? <laughs> Jim Randy is uh, taking a hit? What's going on? No, my right leg slash knee has been giving me issues for like a couple of years now, and I just can't figure out what it is uh my doctor thinks i have raynaud's syndrome which is just like your uh one of your extremities doesn't get enough circulation so it feels like cold and numb sort of oh randy you are you were in the last year of your early 30s so (laughs) yeah uh you know yeah i think that's how i broke it down (laughs) so you know things things are just going to start hurting Randall. Oh, I'm ready. My yesterday, I had a sharp pain in my right big toe that just would not stop. <laughs> so that's diabetes, I'm sure. Did it fall off? Not yet. All right, we're still we we, we still got dude. We're good. 
diabetes, like I've been good like lately. Like, I mean, this month, yeah. this week. Oh, no. My teeth are going to fall out. Like you go, you've gone to candy town. Oh yeah, dude. What? I, I, you know, I brought a bag of fucking, um, what the hell was I eating? Sour patch kids, sour patch kids into the theater, like a grocery store bag. Like my tongue, I got the bumps and like oh. it went numb. Yeah. I'm like, what am I doing? I don't like, I don't like sour candy. Oh, I love, I can't. No, nope. I, I like gummy, but it's got it. You got to put extra sugar on it for me. <laughs> no, I only like gummies if there's drugs in them. <laughs> Um, you know what? I, I was thinking, you know, to close the book on Terravolt, shout out to Skinner. He had a big, uh, statue of that Leonard? M- mushroom. No Skinner, the artist from I the, understand. yeah. The one that's in our favorite documentary. Yes. What the hell is it called? <laughs> Feels good. Hey. man. Feels good, man. Thank you, Randy. And, uh, yeah. Shout out to the ghoul, our buddy who was acting in it. She did great. Um, and peaches Christ for keeping this shit alive. Also, she's got a podcast. Search it. It will pop up. Um, Another thing, you know, I want to plug our show. Uh, there was right. a joke that we had uh, and that never came up on the podcast where I got Robbie Smith, our previous guest, to do some Halloween merch for us. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, I put together a teespring for it. There's a bunch of stuff up there. And two weeks ago, I posted about it. Never mentioned it on this fucking show. Never once. And the joke then was Randy was like, great, just in time to not get this by Halloween. So now here I am. Promoting it on literally Halloween for an episode that will go up two days later. I guess I'm gonna, I was going to take them down after Halloween, but I, you know, I'm going to leave it up there for a couple weeks. There's cool shit in there. Oh, shit. Robbie Smith, he did a great job. Randy's got a plug here. Oh, there you got it. Is. Dude. So, Randy. Came yesterday. Dude, and Robbie ordered two of those mugs. One so of did them, I. It, <laughs> did one of them show up shattered for you, too? No, they both came like perfect. God damn it! I haven't ordered anything. I'm me order me either. And I I liked all the shit. They in look there. better than the uh, fast mugs we got. Yeah, you know it's the coloring yeah. that they do on there. Yeah, those ones came out good. Um, yeah. So I don't know if you want Halloween shit for next year. <laughs> I, <laughs> I this is why we can't market anything. It's just terrible. Um, well, it just goes back to. Your inability to understand time. I just need a team. I can, I, you know, I uh, got that thing together. I put all the artwork on there. I built out the website and then I just need somebody to promote it. I you know, can't get anybody to do that. I'm going to pitch you an idea. Um, I was looking um, at online schedules and my therapist has openings on uh, Thursdays. I can't afford her. <laughs> On so, Thursdays? Yeah. I, <laughs> I thought you only worked on Wednesday. I can get you a, a guest pass. No, I'm, I'm actually Tuesday at 7 a.m. this week. Oh, all right. Yeah. How, how's it been going? It's fine. I'm, she... Did she tell you not to talk about it? No, the whole thing was... Um, the first thing, it was message exchange. She was like, okay, what do you want to talk about? And I had an incredibly long laundry list. Really? And, uh, and then like when we were talking and, um, I named, I was going through everything and she was like, Hmm, sounds like your anxiety comes from your father. (laughs) And I'm just like, Hey, clear some room on your shelf. You got an award coming to you, young lady. (laughs) I just imagine you like Costanza where he went in there and he was just like trying to zip up his jacket. She's like, what are you doing? He's like, it's stuck. The zipper's stuck. And she's like, well, just leave it. You can get it later. He's like, no, 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 no. And he, 
And she's like, okay, let me try. And then like the whole thing devolves into like petty shit. Yeah. I think you're going to do that to her. Probably. Did you do video or was it just video. a weird? Where yeah. were you? In a hotel room in Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, okay. If you were at home, where would you be? Here in this room. Okay. Because I could see people just not thinking about it and be like laying in bed. Uh, yeah, like uh, the th- uh, hundreds of interviews I've done in the past few weeks of people just oh. having their laptop on their lap in their bed wearing t-shirts and 90s. Well, are they applying for a, a remote job? I, there's no excuse. I'm yeah. sorry. I was going to try and play devil's it's a, advocate It's there. unreal. It's unreal how well, stupid and lazy this here's generation the thing. is. They don't want a damn job. I know. Yeah, that's the They're thing. They're going through the motions, I can tell. So you should you should pull the rug out from under and be like, you know what? I got a good feeling about you. You're hired. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, wait a minute. No. Let me stand up. I, I'm naked. I know. Um. Okay, well, yeah, it's Halloween. I'm bummed you're flying out today. As am I. I don't want to go back today. <laughs> Uh, tell him your toe fell off. I'm just, and you yeah. can stay. Uh, I'm so sick of it. <laughs> I'm so sick. I'm, of I'm now. genuinely bummed. I don't want you to leave. It took 17 weeks, but I am finally. I don't <laughs> want to do it anymore. You don't want to go hang out in Arizona? I hate that hotel. All right. Well, uh, you know what? Uh, we sent away Creepy Clark. You know, I don't know if he actually lives in your body, but uh, I kind of miss him. Not really. Don't bring him back. But I do have a special guest for you today. Oh, boy. He's back. We're flying him in. He's done uh, all of his hot takes on Dune, and uh, he's here on the holiday. Here we go. So let's uh, welcome back our favorite guest, director of uh, Elephant Man, David Lynch. Good morning. It's October 31, 2021, and it's a Sunday. Day two of weekend projects. Today, I hope to be working with resin, wood, and plaster. Everyone, have a great day. Dude, not um, okay. Not a single mention of Halloween or anything. I don't know. Every time he has a pause like that, I get worried, too. Yeah. <laughs> also, what the hell is he making? Resin, wood, and plaster? He's lost. Some multimedia projects, dude. You I get think... a little paint, you get a little resin, you get a, a wood canvas of sorts. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, right. Woodworker Magoo over here? Oh, yeah. I'm doing all sorts of art over here now. Brandy, what, what have you... Any new hobbies over there in Atlanta? You know, you're you're sussing out the the landscape. You're sussing out the people. What's 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 you know? And, and also, how was last week? You had all of last week off, and now you're returning back to work. So, indeed, did you have anything constructive last week that you did? Uh, I did mostly nothing and barely left the house, but I did have some time to play some music uh, and get a little creative again. So I recorded a a song and um i sent it to our buddy christian to uh put vocals on just for fun oh hell yeah and we've been hanging out he uh invited me to a couple shows that he was working at this venue slash bar called boggs um out in atlanta so that's been fun did you go out to the show last night i did yeah there was a uh iron maiden tribute band and a black sabbath tribute band uh two bands of which i know very little music 
but it was cool. What was the Iron Maiden band called? Uh, Maiden Killers. Were they female or male? Male. Boo. I like all the Iron Maiden tribute bands that are all women. There's something about girls that can shred that just uh, make it fun. That's why I like yeah. Oksana. <laughs> you shred, dude? <laughs> you got an axe over there? surprised. She shreds the sitar, dude. Ooh. Hot. Randy Michael. Now, you did say that you did think it was Mac Sabbath, but then you told us that it was Slack Sabbath. So did it have yeah. anything to do with the corporate messaging service? <laughs> no, I don't know what the name actually uh, comes from, but yeah, it was Slack Sabbath, not the McDonald's inspired. Uh, they just all wore pants. Yeah, yeah, lots yeah, of slacks. <laughs> they also seemed very lazy too. <laughs> oh, nice, <laughs> Russell. Where's your pun? God, oh, no, I'm not touching that. Boo. So, did they have like a gimmick? What's going on? Uh, not really. It wasn't, I mean, isn't metal kind of gimmicky? All right. Oh boy. I'm going to cut his mic. Starting beat <laughs> on Halloween. No, it was fun though. But yeah, I know very little. I know maybe zero, uh, maiden songs and I know maybe like three Sabbath songs. Okay. Well, you know more than that. It's a fact. I'm a, I'm punk rock scum. I didn't get into metal for too long. Yeah, we understand. We we know your backstory, dude. We know your origin story. <laughs> yeah, we all know you have low T. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Russ, anything else up top? No. Nah. Okay. Brandy, on this Hollow's Eve, we're going to give it to you to start the show where you tell us something that you watched <laughs> last week. Now, it could be one film. It could be uh-huh. two films. It could possibly be a television show. You could actually tell us a story from your life. Whatever happened I'm good. to you last week, please start this segment so I don't have to talk anymore. I have been watching a lot of uh, food shows, which oh, I assume yeah. Clark will appreciate. What I you got talk, really you into... Sorry? Guys Grocery Games? Oh, no. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> I've been mostly watching, because uh, I watched David Chang's Hulu show, The Next Thing You Eat. Uh-huh. And then I um, went back and started watching Ugly Delicious, and I watched that entire two seasons of that show as well. I haven't started that. Should I get into that? Which one? They're both Ugly, good. Ugly Delicious. It's good, yeah. Kroll shows up in uh, several episodes. Okay. Apparently, they're buddies. Everyone but else. besides uh, watching too much cooking shows, um, I watched a movie called Language Lessons uh, that is now on VOD, directed by Natalie Morales, uh, starring Natalie Morales and Mark Duplass. I know um, this is a movie that basically is kind of like a basically a screen life movie. It does have like uh, titles and stuff like that, and you know uh, background music. Um, it's basically. Uh, a really good drama that takes place uh, over Zoom and, you know, Skype calls and FaceTime. Uh, essentially, the story begins um, with Mark Duplass and his uh, husband, and his husband gets him um, Spanish lessons because he 
uh, knows a good amount of Spanish and kind of just wants to like learn a little more. So he gets him like a hundred Spanish lessons and he kind of surprises him um, with this by having the teacher who is played by Natalie Morales um, kind of like join a zoom call. You never see his husband. He's featured just in voice off camera. Oh, um, then, uh, yeah, you see Mark Duplass kind of come in and he's like, what's this all about? And he's like, oh yeah, you got a uh, Spanish lessons because, uh, your husband got them for you. Cause he heard you wanted to like learn more. So, um, pretty soon on, there is a thing that happens to one of their characters that really kind of like speeds up their like friendship and their relationship. Um, and then, so the movie kind of like goes from there and, um, I don't know. It's, uh, it's basically just a really good drama. Um, lots of very long takes, you know, with just like, uh, just the conversations of them and, you know, it doesn't cut very often. It's very, uh, yeah, there's a lot of long takes and they're both really great. Mark Duplass is always good. Uh, Natalie Morales, I'm less familiar with, but I think I've seen her in some, some TV shows and stuff. Um, but it's really good. It, it, uh, it definitely kind of pulls out the, uh, the heartstrings a little bit. And, um, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. It's, uh, it's good. It's a, uh, it's a movie that I believe they did shoot during like the pandemic, but it honestly doesn't bring up anything having to do with the pandemic, which is refreshing that it's just kind of using this format and not really like, you know, addressing it like a lot of movies that were made over the last two years have. Yeah. I'm not a fan of that. Like even seeing people in masks or doing any of that shit, like, uh, yeah, like eventually when we are beyond this, I don't want to be reminded. Um, sure. Now, is this a film that would qualify for our film fest or were you saying that they broke format? Um, I don't, yeah, I think it could qualify. I mean, you have things I think that have background music sometimes and, oh yeah, yeah. you know, have like titles and stuff like that. So it's not like. It's not a like completely like breaking rules or anything. It's just like it's not as strict as something like you're not seeing like uh, you know the whole screen of like someone's computer and like how they're like interacting with like oh. apps and stuff like that. It's kind of like you're just essentially seeing like the calls. Yeah. Um, and which you, I don't know. It's cool. You could make an argument for that. It would just imply that somebody had gone back and edited the footage. The only yeah. thing that would really make or break it is if, you know, there's a disembodied camera. If it's all yeah. in world camera, it works. And, uh, totally. I've been talking a lot about this this week where, you know, Dogma 95, they break their fucking rules every goddamn time. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you put in some BMG and maybe have a, uh, BFG edited a <laughs> sick reference <laughs> maybe have a cool uh i don't know you know breaking rules i'm going to talk about much later breaking glass Hell yeah. yeah also talking about later <laughs> oh a little hint there yeah did i like oh boy i like natalie morales yeah yeah she's really good yeah the writing is really good all the conversations are really like interesting and, uh, yeah, it, uh, you know, there's a lot of like ups and downs between their like friendship that they build, uh, throughout the movie. And I don't know, sometimes like just watching a movie where people are just like, if it's written well, and there's just like a movie, people just talking like my dinner for, with Andre, for example, like it can be really entertaining sometimes when you're just watching people talk for whatever reason. So it's good. 
Can I tell you one of my favorite jokes that never worked? What? Was when uh-huh. I did my dinner with Andre the Giant. Oh, I yeah. Oh, yeah. It never worked. Well, I mean, look, it at, worked sometimes. look at that Venn diagram you're asking for. I know. Yeah. I tried to set up as best as possible, but... I think those can work if they're spiraling. Like, if you open with broad and then get, like, niche and then get, like, obscure... That, that that works. I did. I changed what he said, and then it started to work. You know what I changed what he said to? What? Anybody want a peanut? You know, I've never seen Dinner with Andre. Like you don't have to, but this is from Andre Prince, the Giant, Princess Bride. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so I had to get that Princess Bride crowd. Oh, it's been a minute since I've seen that too, bro. That's a wonderful Halloween movie. <laughs> you could make an argument there. Sure, I can make an argument for anything. Give me an example. Uh, of a movie or an argument for that? Any film? movie, I can make it a Halloween movie. New segment. Here we go. All right, Oksana, go ahead, pitch him a movie. Um, anything that pops to your head. E school. There's a pumpkin in the second act. Next one. You just literally looked at the first poster in this. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I blanked. But also, how are we going to verify that? Because I think God you made it. Up. Both of you. <laughs> Need to go take some improv classes or something. Oh, yeah. That's on my to-do list for sure, dude. God. You're Instead yes of paying 300 schools. for therapy, just pay 300 for an improv lesson. I, there you go. Oh. Yeah. Next week, we're going to work on our heralds. Is that what it costs? $300? I don't want to. I hear they can be kind of I don't want to get into my financials of me getting better as a person. I was talking about whose line is it anyway. Oh, that shit's crazy. You know, I you know, improv might be interesting, except I would imagine everybody else in that class would be people I wouldn't want to hang out with. Improv is not interesting and it's a scam. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's part of QAnon. I get it. Hundred percent. It's a, it's a cult. <laughs> All right. Speaking of scams, I also watched another movie that is actually just the uh, first part in a story, uh, oh. and it ends. Uh, uh, yeah, I watched Dune. Denny Villeneuve's Dune. Um, I saw it in a theater. Uh, by myself, no one else showed up, uh, which yeah. is the second time that has happened since I've been Damn. here in Atlanta. Um, now, good did way you to see, see it movie. in a IMAX or you know DX XD no. DMX. Just a regular. <laughs> so, did you see on IMDb the original title was Dune Part One? <laughs> Just notice they released that after they released the movie. I think really, yeah. yeah. I think it was uh, it was because it, they it opened the credits opened up with saying Part One, right? Yeah, it does. Dude, I'm shocked. I haven't heard that from anybody. Yeah. And people have talked to me about it. They did the fucking trilogy teen book bullshit. Oh, Pretty much. God. All right. Uh, Besides that being um, rather unsatisfying by the time it ends, because you just, you know, the whole movie, the the two and a half hour part one is essentially a setup for part two, you know? So not not a ton happens, but... Uh, having said that, this movie uh, looks great. It has a very like tactile nature to it. Like all the creatures and all the ships and all the like tech like looks really cool. Has a you know really big sense of scale. Um, you know, Oscar Isaac is really good in it. Um, Timothy Chalamet, he's he's, he's fine. You barely um, see Zendaya in this. I think she has much more to do in part two. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's a uh, it's definitely not as weird as Lynch's Dune. That's for sure. It's, uh, I don't know. He made a very good, um, blockbuster out of a movie or book that is apparently very dense and very weird. And, uh, he, he does a good job of 
I don't know, sort of like putting the story out there without it being like incredibly convoluted or esoteric. Now, do you know the history of why he wanted his name removed? Who, Lynch? Yeah. From the original? No, not really. Yeah, neither. <laughs> well, we do a lot of research on the show. <laughs> now, I heard that that Skarsgård does a Marlon Brando type uh, impression. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's good. I mean, everyone in it is great. It looks really good. It's just, yeah, it's a little disappointing that it's, uh, you know, two and a half hours and it's only the first probably act of a story. But Well, it's a big old story, Randy. You know, there's a lot of spice out there, baby. <laughs> That's no true. Intended. You it's that, uh, that synthetic weed that you can smoke that is legal spice. Indeed. <laughs> Russell knows the thing. Never tried the stuff. Oh, yeah. All the time. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a. I don't have a, a take on Dune other than it. It. It's. It's pretty good. How about it's, Dune uh, buggies? Uh, never ridden one, but uh, <laughs> I would. They seem fun. I would love to see Randy in a Dune buggy. Okay, let's make it happen. I don't know. Hear him scream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should talk about that. That movie we watched yesterday. Can we talk about There's it? a scream. I don't Who cares? There may be an embargo. Yeah. I'm going to break that embargo. No one's listening. Yeah, there we go. All right. Randy, anything else? No, that's it. Okay. I want to talk about a couple of movies I saw last week. I did not go out and venture the the mean streets of Phoenix. You know, I'll, I'll go out there. I got a couple theaters that I know, a couple theaters that are fairly close to my hotel. I do not go to the theaters that are very close to my hotel because I don't want to be stabbed. <laughs> so, um, I just I what happened? I did. This is the second time in a row I've done this where I go, I buy a ticket online through the AMC application. Bought a ticket for a movie, go downstairs, ask for an Uber through my Uber application, <laughs> wait two minutes, start to smoke a cigarette, and then cancel both my movie reservation and my Uber, go upstairs <laughs> to my room, order food, and watch a movie. Um, I watched, from 1975, a recommendation from one Robbie Smith who recommended this movie to us a few weeks ago as we were talking about uh, Silent Rage and Chuck Norris. And then I mentioned, man, that, you know, I want to see more Charles Bronson. I'm a little behind in my Bronson. He's like, well, you got to watch Hard Times from 1975. What he failed to mention is that Hard Times from 1975 is directed by the great Walter Hill. So when I found that, I got very excited. This movie takes place in the 1940s in New Orleans, Louisiana. And we have our protagonist is Charles Bronson, who plays a fella by the name of Cheney. Now, what you need to know is that this is actually a film that shows uh, this is a bit of a biopic on one Dick Cheney. I was going to say that or, or Lawn Cheney. Oh. Yeah, well, yeah, Dick's better. <laughs> it is definitely not. No. Uh, Cheney is, um, you know, how would I describe him? He's a, he's a vagabond. 
Okay. The, the movie opens up and he gets off a train and he's just, you know, he's got his bindle stiff and he's just working the road, man, town to town, just trying to collect a couple cents here and there and just keep it moving. Did you oh. say bindle stiff? Bindle stiff. I thought it was stick. No, it's bindle stiff. Can somebody check that? Look it up. hundred percent. It sounds, it sounds like a innuendo. It sounds, uh, very, uh, phallic <laughs> the way that you, I, yeah. It's called a bindle stiff. Yeah. I have a bindle soft. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Well, a bindle stiff is a, a noun. It's okay. The, the he's person. correct. We don't need to hear the rest. Of course I'm correct. Cause I fucking said it. It's the person, not the bindle. Yeah. That's what I said. He's a bindle stiff. Guys. I, you know, I remember Can the I first continue? time I heard Bindle, you were there, Clark, uh-huh. with somebody, wh- what did he say? He was like, he thought he was going to get fired and he's like, oh, I guess I'll tie my Bindle. Yeah. And we're like, whoa, we did not think that dude knew that word. No. And I, I didn't either at he the time. He heard it from a cartoon. Okay. <laughs> Very clearly. So Charles Bronson, you know, he's a vagabond, a Bindle stiff, a ragamuffin, a gutter snipe. He's also a very good bare knuckle boxer. So he starts, you know, checking the scene, checking the underground, under underground bare knuckle boxing scene, which is apparently very popular at this time in the country. And he runs into the great James Coburn. James Coburn is incredible in this. Well, we've got James Coburn. We've also got Struther Martin. Man, great cast. He meets up with James James Coburn. We see James Coburn eating at a restaurant in New Orleans, and he's eating oysters. And he goes and he's like, "Hey, I think I'll have another six of them." And then he he gets his oysters, goes back to his table, and there is Charles Bronson sitting at his table. And he's like, "All right, you got two minutes. What do you want?" He's like, "I want to fight." He's like, "I don't think you're gonna fight." So James Coburn, very fast talker. Charles Bronson doesn't speak a whole lot. He speaks Russell Fisher with his hand. Okay. <laughs> so they they take him to the fight and Charles Bronson, I mean, very quickly knocks this guy out. All right. And then James Coburn's like, all right, I got my I got my guy. And so then they start making other fights and then they fight the biggest, baddest guy in New Orleans. Charles Bronson takes him down. And then we got a problem on our hands. Because everybody's wants wants a piece of this guy. And also they have a big fight out in some some like plantation area. Oh, weird. And uh, it's outside. And Charles Bronson very handedly won the fight. But the the guy who was supposed to give him the money for the winnings stiffed him. And they're like, y'all ain't from here. This is my territory. And you're a... Um, uh, oh, God. What do they call it? You're a ringer. He's oh, like, okay. He's like, you're a ringer. I don't trust this. I was like, I got played. So you're not taking my money. And Charles Bronson, very calmly, Speed, obviously, James Coburn's character, he's like, oh, we got to get the money, got to get the money. And Bronson's like, we'll leave. So they leave, and then they go to this gentleman's bar after, a few hours later. And in a probably the best scene in the movie, Charles Bronson just destroys that bar very methodically and slowly <laughs> and gets the money back and shoots every fucking thing in that bar. And it's great. And then they get the money and they get back and then they fight the big guy. They beat the big guy. And then the other big guy's like, I want to buy you, man. I don't, I don't lose. And I, up until last week, I had the best fighter in New Orleans. Now I don't. Now I want you. And Coburn's like, he's good. 
So they don't do it. But then they kidnap James Coburn. And so now Charles Bronson's. Are you doing this movie money. beat by beat again? Kinda. <laughs> oh my god. It's very good. So now the bar scene, is it better than the the uh carnage in the bar in near dark? It's a very different uh in near dark. Yeah. You remember Near Dark? I've never seen Near Dark. Oh, what? The Bigelow Vampire film? Yeah, no. That's one of the most famous, like, we're going to fuck this bar up and everybody in it. I would imagine it's not to that level. Um, this is a very... Um, we get a little bit more of a restrained Walter Hill here. You know? What do you um, mean? Meaning that... He's a very genre guy. Yeah. So yeah, but this one, this one's, this one kind of paints in in broad strokes here. I, you know, I think this they were going for a big audience. Yeah. In this thing, you know, it's a big movie. It's Bronson. You know, it's James Coburn. We got Strother Martin. You know, he's playing. He's playing. Uh, he's addicted to heroin, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm looking through the the stills on um Amazon or on IMDb, and it looks like at one point he's fighting a guy that looks like Dana White. Like a little like like short Dana White. Yeah. Oh, but also like all the locations look cool. Like underground, literal, like if you imagine illegal fighting, it's in like, you know, a cage. The movie the movie looks incredible. The fight scenes are not great. Oh, cool. But that's okay. I don't care. Well it's, um, it's probably a slug fest, not like a fucking kung fu. Yeah. 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 Um, but like from the diner to the, like the above ground graveyards in New Orleans, like I, it looks fucking interesting. Also, you know, this thing is it's lean, man. It's an hour and a half. It moves. I really, really like Hard Times. Hard Times is 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 great. When did it come out? Seventy five. I mean, is that like I don't know the the year of any of his films being released. Like, is it uh, after? Um, uh, it's definitely pre. I would say it's pre Southern Comfort. Okay. So. All right, let's take a look here. So, one Walter Hill. Oh, I stand corrected. Ladies and gentlemen, we have breaking news. Russell hit it. Uh... Hard Times is Walter Hill's directorial debut. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Ah. 1975, followed up by The Driver, then The Warriors, The Long Riders, and then Southern Comfort. Does that change anything for you? No, absolutely not. And cool. I think it's a uh, honestly, it's um, damn, it's uh, it's up there in terms of some of my favorites for him. It's great. Yeah, that's rad. I mean, the cinematography looks beautiful. I'd like to watch it. Like, there's something about like the way they would film a very genre film in the '70s, where it was taken completely seriously, and uh, you know, it kind of looks like um, Cell Block '99 to me when i was going yeah. through there like kind of like gritty tough guy stuff it's great yeah and charles bronson man he he can carry a movie oh i you know i'm not very familiar with his work either he's great yeah he looks like a catcher's mitt yeah that movie had the look of a film that would not get me to stop and watch a movie because remember all through high school and out i wanted to play in the nfl and i was not watching movies it's it's horror movies that really you know changed my life i, I highly recommend <laughs> um okay then also i've got a i don't think it's a randy retread but it's definitely a russell oxana rechair <laughs> you know 
Whenever, I like the Russell retread. Whenever, you let me do the thing. Whenever we retread a movie, another driver dies. So you guys need to really be careful with this. <laughs> well, you know, we're trying to. <laughs> I think this one's worth it. Oh, you know what it is. I don't know what it is. I know what it is. You sh- You don't know what it is because you don't pay attention to things. Oh, my God. You I know take- what it is. You got to take that improv class with me, apparently. Anything <laughs> for Jackson by Justin G. Dick. Randy, do you know how Dick is spelled? <laughs> D-I-C-Q. There are a couple of different ways you could go. You went the incorrect route. <laughs> uh, D-Y-C-K. Whoa. I don't hate that. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Not a, boating well for the film. A bereaved Satanist couple kidnap a pregnant woman so they can use an ancient spell book to put their dead grandson's spirit into her unborn child but end up summoning more than they bargained for. Um, I won't spend a whole lot of time on this. I, I you know, I think that um, our listenership, uh, most of which have watched anything for Jackson. When did this come out? Last year? Two years ago? I'm behind. Oh, 2020. 2020. Yeah. Uh, for whatever it was, I believe this was a Shutter original. Was that right? Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. Um, I missed this completely. And I don't know how that happened. But I am glad that I caught up with it, and I think that one of the things that drew me to this uh, was the character who played the grandfather, Julian Richings, who is great. Uh, he's very, he has a very unique look. He is uh, tall, very slender, doesn't have an ounce of fat on his face, nope. which makes him look very bony and protruding. And he also was a character on one of my favorite shows called Patriot, uh, which was an Amazon Amazon Prime show, and he played a character named Ichabod, which is perfect for him. He also played a character in Urban Legend called Weird Janitor. Fuck <laughs> yeah. He also played in Roxy Hunter and the Horrific Halloween. Oh, we gotta check that out. Roxy Music Hunter. <laughs> Okay. Thank you, you, Randy, for your pity laugh. Anything for Jackson. Okay. I mean, look, here's the thing. This movie's great. You know, Um, I liked the sort of um, rotating demons that that came into place um, that was happening with this. The kidnapping of a pregnant woman in order to summon their dead grandchild back. Um, and the reveal of that was very good. Did you like the humor? Yes, because that that was a horror comedy. the The humor it, the humor came in the um in the in the gags. I guess it was in in the death scenes. Kind of the situation too. Yeah, because everybody's kind of blasé about what they're doing. Even like, dude, their interaction with that Necronomicon was one of my favorite things. This is a tricky tone to navigate, and it's yeah. it, it works perfectly because there there there's a lot of things happening in this movie, mm-hmm. and it all works. Yeah. Everything works. It uh, 
it navigate like actually if i remember correctly do they have one of those like we're meeting in a gymnasium and everybody's sitting in a circle moments yeah well yes they they that's the church yeah i hate that like in movies whenever uh comedy's trying to do like that whatever that kind of scene is mm-hmm. they always like they end up cringy and i hate them but it, i remember liking that one a lot especially for doing the kind of like we're satanist but we're also really lame yeah, which like uh, Metalocalypse did a good job of, but dude, I my the memory I have from watching this film is just Oksana being terrified of the ghosts. <laughs> so the there was one ghost that um, is very acrobatic. Oh yeah, to a certain extent. What is that character's name? He is uh, so that actor. That is uh, that is what he does. He was in Channel Zero as Pretzel Jack. Oh, okay. Y'all have I, not seen. I still haven't watched it. Channel yeah. Zero's incredible. Um, I still, I still haven't finished the Pretzel Jack thing. That's something I can do today. Yay, Halloween! Yay! And then um, he's also in uh, that terrible movie y'all saw, and he's in it for like five seconds. Uh, Separation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in that as well. So he's great. The guy who throws himself in the uh, wood chipper, yep. love that guy. Yeah, great scene. And the cop, can I just leave it at the cop? Yeah, yeah, you can. They kept shooting. Yeah, no, that I, that that's was a great guy. That's the one that got Oksana. Yeah, and also uh, just their treatment of ghosts, like the lingering effect. Like I don't know it, th- dude. The tone of this movie just worked yeah. somehow. Yeah, like it really felt like it shouldn't, but it was great. Also. Tense. So what brought Very you? Effective. What brought you back to it? I had been meaning to see it for a while, and I'm like, you know what? I'm in a good spot. I need a horror movie to talk about this week. Uh, let's do it. Um, it's not Halloween, right? No, no. Okay, it feels like it could be. Like you could make an argument for that film. It's like it feels like a haunted house movie sometimes. Well, yeah. I think when you have like a ritual or like a seance, I would say that kind of counts for Halloween. I don't know. Kind of like how a snow movie kind of counts for a, a holiday horror for me, too. But again. Well, this was also a snow movie. Very, oh, a lot yeah. of snow. Yeah. Hell of snow. Dude. All right. Repeat on uh, December. Well, let's do it. <laughs> but um, and also I would say that the grandmother, uh, Sheila, played by Sheila McCarthy, is great. It's a great couple. Yep. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's a sad story. But again, the. If you think about the the director's job, what is a director's job? A director's job is tone management, honestly. If you boil down everything, it's tone management. And I think that uh, Mr. Dick did a great job of this. As you know, as I said, this is a busy movie. There's a lot of things going on. And this thing could have went south quickly yeah. because of the tone, but solid. Um, really, 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 really like anything for Jackson. Great. Yeah, and look, after anything for Jackson, he did Pony Sitters Club, The Big Sleepover, Love in Harmony Valley, Christmas in the Rockies, A Christmas Exchange, Romance in the Wilds, and Christmas in the Wilds. Dude, he's all doing TV movies. He's probably making a shitload of money. He's doing a lot of little kid work. I want to watch all the stuff that... um... Troy James is in. He plays some horrible looking monsters. He was also in Hellboy. <laughs> Hellboy? Yeah. How, how? He played Baba Yaga, which I didn't know was in Hellboy because I never finished it. Yeah. Well, he played what? 
Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga. You know what is in Hellboy? A lot of Tecate light. Gross. I yeah. uh, dude. It, right? Yeah. Tecate, I remember Hellboy too. Um, Hellboy and Abe are just pounding Tecate light. And I'm like, nobody does that. Also, Justin G. Dick uh, directed a movie in 2014 called Monkey in the Middle. Does it talk? It is a children's <laughs> film. Chris has just moved to the East Coast and is already a workaholic. And already, his workaholic father is encouraging him to make new friends. Luckily, football, in parentheses, they wrote soccer. <laughs> Practice is starting up, and Chris meets a few kids on the team, including his cute neighbor, Mara. When Mara invites Chris to help liberate some mistreated animals from the local fair, Chris accepts. This is the longest thing ever. We've got, oh my God, we've got five more sentences. Power Uh, through. uh, Chris accepts. They head to the fair that night, but they get busted by ringleader Malik, who chases them off the grounds. It isn't until the next morning that Chris realizes Momo, a lovable little monkey, stowed away (laughs) in his backpack. Not wanting to send Momo back to Malik's greedy clutches, Chris must find a way to keep him out of sight. But handling a monkey does not have his perks. Mara is spending a lot of time with Chris, and Momo is even lending Chris a paw on the football field. Chris's summer is bound to have a lot of monkey business, but it's not enough to drive him bananas. It's like one of your movie reviews. It's it's like a two-sentence horror story somebody sent us. God damn. Every time they they always write football practice, but they put soccer in parentheses. (laughs) Uh, I wonder if Birdman's seen that movie. Shout out to a former guest and animal enthusiast this in is, cinema. This is a Birdman movie. Also, shout out to Birdman. Back in our, uh, when I was in Seattle and y'all did an episode without me and called me in, I, uh, I returned home after that episode. I don't know why I set it up that way. But to find a book in this room that he lent you, The Skeleton Takes a Bow. Yes. I uh, was going to read that book as a bit. I started about two weeks ago. I'm halfway done with it. And um, I'm here to report that uh, th- the bit's not going to work. Because the only thing that book is, is quality. It's, it's a pretty good family mystery, which um, the only thing... You know, I thought it was going to be cringeworthy because it seemed like an Amazon Prime author who had like written a book. There's a ton of these. Oxana is really into the Ice Barbarian series right now. Go ahead and Google that if you're on a on a computer. It's a ripped uh blue-looking Fabio hanging out with the girl and all the titles of these books are like Loving the Ice Barbarian, Having the Ice Barbarian's Baby. Uh what was it? Ice Ice Baby is a title. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, The Skeleton Takes Barbarian takes- Lover. <laughs> Yeah, they're romance novels with Blue Fabio. Anyway, Skeleton Takes a Bell. Wholesome family fun. Uh, honestly, I am I wanted to roast that book. I can't. It's, it's just good. And it's self-aware. So if you're looking for, I don't know, the Hardy Boys, but, you know, a single mom whose best friend is a, a skeleton, um, check it out. Nice. Is it my turn? Russell Fisher, it's your turn. All right. I did warn everybody last week that I was going to be watching a lot of film. I have three written down that I want to talk about. I just remembered one while we were recording, and there there are a couple that I can't even remember. We watched something last night. Whatever. Um, shout out to Caucasoid. 
that we watched at uh what was that salem horror on their online thing do you know oksana yeah salem yeah listener sam came over and uh we watched it um the reason Caucasoid was on our radar is it was written by the dude that wrote the book that I kept dropping in interviews, uh, Amygdala Tropolis, which is a bleak tale of uh, agoraphobia told through an anonymous forum, uh, an anonymous forum. And uh, Caucasoid is pretty much a Harmony Kareen meets Richard Linklater uh, shot by Robbie Smith feature. Uh, Robbie, if you're listening, definitely check this one out. It's great. Uh, it premiered at Salem. Uh, I'm going to keep track of it. So whenever people can watch it wide, I'll bring it up. Anyway, the first film I'm going to talk about is uh, Randy and Clark's favorite director, Edgar Wright, and uh, his new film, Last Night in Soho. Last night in Soho makes the heart grow hunger. <laughs> An aspiring fashion designer is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s when she encounters a dazzling wannabe singer. But the glamour is not all it appears to be. And the dream of the past starts to crack and splinter into something darker. Um, Last night in Soho, a.k.a. Three Hours in Soho, a.k.a. Last <laughs> night was so-so. Uh, this movie is a hard three stars for me. Yeah. I, you know what? He's got the Tarantino wannabe problem where, where, uh, what, what's, um, Eli Roth has it too, oh. where they're huge fans. Don't of, put Edgar Wright in Eli Roth. You know what? Camp, I'm, I'm going to, they're peas in a pod, man. Oh man. The, you know, they're, I would love to hear him talk about, actually, I don't know if that's true for Eli Roth, but. Actually, it's true that I wouldn't want to hear that as I own his first season of that the horror history shit. I got through half an episode. Uh, I think I covered it on the show. Now, I've heard you have said that you like him as a person. You'd like to hear him talk. Yeah, but I'm kind of, I don't know. I, currently where I'm at right now, I'm very zen. I'm doing kettlebell workouts. Oh uh, kettlebell. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't want to hear him talk right now. The thing is... <clears throat> Well, are we talking about Edgar Wright? Or, yeah. Okay, Edgar Wright I do actually like. Yeah. The thing is, he's a fanboy. And Last Night in Soho is... You're a fanboy. Beautifully directed. I mean, the, the film technically is great. Honestly, if you're interested in this movie, go to the theater. Because if you watch it at home, it's not going to work. It's very um, music heavy. Yeah. And it's very grand in that scale. And you need it. And I really think it helps. My problem is that it's a gothic horror story that is just fucking convoluted. There's, dude, this movie, how long is it? We're talking a two-hour movie, and it doesn't need to be. He could have cut this down to 90 minutes. And the thing is, everything's beautiful in there. I love, who's the lead, Oksana? I love that girl. Thomason McKenzie? Yep. Uh, she was great. Um what Anna Taylor Joy is what's her name? Anya Taylor. She was good too. I'm not a huge fan yep. of her. Um, Why? I don't know. I don't know. I'm transfixed. She's by her. great in it. The thing is, I wanted this movie to be a uh, Roman Polanski a story about a girl going to the city and having like a mental breakdown. As as yeah. bad as that sounds, that's what I thought it was. It's really not. And it turns into a gothic horror with a kind of like who done it. Also, there's a lot of like um, hallucinary like imagery that you know they don't they never unravel the enigma. But it's I don't know. It just feels convoluted. Again, everything on screen, it's masterful. 
Like it's beautiful. There's a lot of visual metaphor. If you want to hear, if you cringe when I talk about duality and mirrors in films, that's this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, also, but it also had is a lot of like banging on glass and like breaking through it. It had at least three instances of that. It had a lot of ghosts too, which uh, were. I didn't like them. You know, not effective at all. There no. was too much like digital scares and stuff. Oh, that, like, yeah, shit. I didn't realize you watched it. Yeah, I watched it um, Friday night. What, what, what did plaza. you think? What did you think? I also really didn't care for it. I didn't not enjoy the experience of watching it, but by the time I ended, I was like, I don't really feel anything for this movie. Like, it just felt like window dressing, kind of, you know? Yeah, like, it's it's a, it's a, dude, it's a beautiful film. It was hell, it's made. It's great. Yeah. The problem is that script did nothing for me. And even though everybody's Same. killing, also, you know what? They have, like, fashion in there, too. And I realized uh-huh. I really like fashion and, like, horror and kind of, like, being obsessed with how we present also a horror movie, uh, a Halloween movie. There's yeah, kind of out of nowhere, they go to a Halloween party and it's like, okay, well, you never really know what season or what month it is like, and, ever. And I think they were, that was like a narrative choice where it's kind of like, we can't track the passage of time, except it doesn't feel like that. By the end of the movie, it feels like it's, she's been there three days. And if you like those movies where isolation makes you go crazy, it's really important that you hit that beat and you really make audiences feel kind of like, I need to get the fuck out of here. Never felt that way. It honestly, it felt like she was kind of doing it to herself. I don't know. You didn't like the, I don't know, excitement to be like a voyeur from the main character. You know, I would have, except I didn't love the dream stuff. Also, I felt like her, the problem is that she's an unreliable narrator in her own dreams which I feel like is bad storytelling <laughs> because if you have an unreliable narrator and we're, we're in a visual medium, it makes sense that, you know, as an audience member, you're like, Oh fuck, I've been um, delusional like the protagonist, except if she's like light spoiler, maybe, I don't know if she's kind of like a psychic or if she really doesn't have a connection with this thing and is dreaming up a scenario that happens to be almost real. Like why? Like that doesn't work for me. Again, I this movie's just not for me. It came off like a hardcore fanboy with some talent. I think he's an incredible visual storyteller. Yeah. I think that as you stated before, scripts not a strong suit. No, I didn't see Baby Driver, but I remember being at the Alamo and uh Mike Keegan, former program director there, just saying like, uh, dude can't write a script." I can confirm. Um it- I did not care for Baby Driver. So what do you think it is? Do you think like all the Simon Pegg stuff was like kind I, of like I don't a, know. Baby Driver exhausted me with it was Also Baby the, Driver made me think of a baby driving a car, which I could never Which is a way better movie. <laughs> way better movie. Um the 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 issue with Baby Driver is something that I think that may have been the first time that I have been um it's the busiest, boring movie I've ever seen in my life. Hey, that's a good way to describe this one, too. Yeah, yep, dude, 100%. Dude, the whole time, there's shit going on. There's always stuff to look at. People are always acting great, yet there's nothing there. Yeah, it's yeah. just, man, it's... Uh, and, and, and that's frustrating because, I look, I'm a big fan of the Coronado trilogy. I like all three of those. I like Wait, Hot Fuzz. Okay, yeah. I like Shaun of the Dead. I like The World's End. Never saw that one. I, I like that one. Okay. I do yeah, like that same. one. Um, but past that, 
Scott Pilgrim, look, Scott Pilgrim has its its own fans. I get that. Yeah. And it's cool to look at. Didn't do a whole lot. It's not for me. And Baby Driver, I thought, okay. Nope. Well, here's the thing. Scott Pilgrim. I love a heist movie. You know, that movie wasn't for me either. And I actually went and read the manga too. And I love the arcade game. But the movie, I understand why people like that movie. With With this one. I'm like, dude, it feels like a random thing you click on on Netflix and then forget you watch the next day. Yeah. So honestly, I mean, if you think we're crazy and you really like Baby Driver, Boss Baby Driver, go to the theater because you're a fool if you don't. I mean, this movie will not play great at home. I it, thought the ghosts were really effective. I don't know why you guys didn't. I mean, they were super digital, um, but I, they kind of like poured out of the walls and surrounded her sometimes. I don't know. Here's the thing. Less is more. And when you watch this film, the fucking ghosts, once, once they show up, they never go away. And it's, yeah. it, I was like, dude, they're cool, but stop. Like, I also, uh, for a movie about a location, I wish we were on the ground more. And when they're walking around the streets, I was, dude, there's a lot of eye candy there. I just don't care where they're leaving and where they're going. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. In a nutshell, again, I didn't hate it. Uh, but honestly, I'm going to forget I watched it. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. The next film uh, is the movie that, you know, it's one of these pre-pandemic movies that everybody was excited about two years ago. And uh, when you attach Guillermo del Toro's name to it, you know, I, he's a mixed bag. He never makes the movie you exactly want, but it's always worth watching. And I believe, what was he a producer on this or am I completely making that up? He might have just... Uh, commented on it and they he used slapped it. his name on it. He's okay producer. well uh scott cooper he's gonna get some back end points agent cooper directed uh antlers in right. an isolated oregon town a middle school teacher and her, her sheriff brother become embroiled in her enigmatic student whose dark secrets lead to a terrifying encounter with a legendary ancestral creature who came before them that i don't like that sentence um antlers is a small movie. Uh, it's very to the point, and it's got an interesting web of character motivations. Uh, this is a movie where if you watched it, please DM me. Let's talk about it. I have a I have a lot to say. And when we left the theater, I was actually in the reverse position where Oksana and Terrell, who we went to uh, one night in Soho with, liked that movie, and uh, I I didn't. Antlers. Everybody was kind of like flip floppy. I, there were some complaints that it was boring. I don't understand that. Those came from one person. It wasn't me. I know. And I think he was baiting us. But, dude, I... Wait, he was jerking you off? I dug it. I mean, that might have helped the movie experience for me, but... Getting a tug job? Yeah, getting the yeah. tug job. Anyway, uh, dude, have you seen I, I thought any, it was great. Have you seen any of Scott Cooper's previous works? I'm not familiar with him at Scott all. Scott Cooper is one of the few directors I have seen all of his feature films. Oh, okay. How many? Uh, 2009, Crazy Heart. 2013, Out of the Furnace. 2015, Black Mass. 2017, Hostiles. And now, Antlers in 2021. These all look like movies where the main character has a gun. <laughs> or something uh, like out of the furnace is right out of the furnace definitely is black mass definitely is because that's about whitey ford um yeah. hostels is um so i don't it's know a western yes what am i articulating there is he like a blue collar director so here's the thing, thing so he he's an actor oh uh, okay. scott cooper's an actor and I'm, I'm actually um halfway through uh scott cooper's appearance on um 
Oh my God. Going up on, on Roger Deacon's podcast. Oh, okay. Uh, that he does with his wife. And um, so I, I, I like Scott Cooper. Scott Cooper is an actor who just decided he wanted to, to direct films. And he had um, yeah, Robert Duvall kind of helped him get started with Crazy Heart. And I like Crazy Heart, I think, is, is my favorite movie of his. Out of the Furnace did not work for me. Black Mass did not work for me. Hostels almost fully worked for me. I, I like Crazy Heart. Scott Cooper's been one of those where I, he starts with interesting ideas and it's just, it's almost, it's almost there for me mm-hmm. every time. And there's just a couple things. And so I'm, I'm, I'm always pulling for it. And uh, I've been very, uh, I've anticipated Antlers for a while because, you know, it, COVID bumped that back. We were supposed yeah. to do it last year. And then um, I think it got pushed back a couple more times. So, uh, uh, yeah, was definitely looking forward to it. I would try to see it this week. Um, but, yeah, I, I would encourage you to go back. And I, I like Hostiles. Randy, did you see that one with Christian Bale? No, I saw Out of the Furnace, but I haven't seen Hostiles. Yeah, I, Out of the Furnace just did not work for me. And yeah. um, neither did Black Mass. Black Mass was kind of a mess. Black mess, as far as I'm concerned. Well, do you all know the, uh, the <laughs> I wanted to say rules. Do you all know the myth of the Wendigo? No. No all right. idea. Wendigo is kind of like a, uh, you know, when you're in the horror community and people are constantly trying to bring up new ideas, we go to a lot of like folklore. So, you know, indigenous people, a Native American, like Inuits, they have um, Wendigo, which is kind of a uh, morality monster that the lesson the Wendigo teaches you is don't cannibalize people. And that seriously is it. You're, you're not supposed to eat humans. And if you do, the Wendigo may find you or you may turn into one. There's a bunch of different adaptations. I bring that up because it's not really a spoiler here. Uh, it is. This is a Wendigo movie, except the application is really interesting. And what this film is really dealing with is kind of like rural town trauma. And the cast of characters, man, they're great. We, uh, we double featured this with the next film I'm about to talk about. And we had like five people to watch both. And a lot of great conversation came out of this movie and just kind of dissecting uh, the protagonist's mo- motivation and um, why events occur in this movie. Again, complete opposite of One Night in Soho. Uh, we do have like kind of like beautiful, almost like fantasy-esque Oregon cinematography. You get a lot of like small town, like imagine if you have like a small um, corner store, but the shot is across the street and behind the corner store, you see like Olympian kind of mountains, just like, it's a lot of um, rural town meets uh, nature, and it, dude, it's beautiful. I, man, I really like this movie. How's the kid? Uh, the so there are two children in this film. the The older of the two is the one that we follow the most. He's great. He's kind of a um, subdued role. He doesn't talk a lot. He's you know, uh, he's a kid dealing with a lot. And um, our main lead, she's a teacher. So that dynamic can always be kind of tricky. Carrie Russell? Uh, yeah. Who I did not know from WB. Which oh. Felicity. Felicity. I've had a crush on Carrie Russell my whole life. You know what? This is one of those movies where Carrie Russell, a uh, very beautiful actress, right? They they dress her down. They grime her up. And you know, like, Love it. like when you do that and when your lead character is dealing with the dad who's cooking meth in a mine. 
Sure. Like, dude, it's hard times. This is a good uh, It's very hard times. <laughs> dude, I, I definitely recommend Antlers. Um, and I, I would love to just fucking talk about this. So honestly, DM me, Lord Battle on I All on right. Instagram. Cue up the next one. I'm gonna pee and then I'm gonna come back and tell you how you're wrong. Okay. Well, the next movie after we watched Antlers, we all came back here to the uh, Overlook Mountain and uh, we streamed a movie that I couldn't have been more excited for. The you know I, I love a franchise film. I also love a found footage film. And once you start getting up into the, uh, I don't know. Once you get past five entries, oh man, who knows what you're gonna get? <laughs> up well, we're ta- we're watching the seventh entry of Paranormal Activity, aka Paranormal Activity Next of Kin. Margaret, a young woman abandoned by her mother as a baby, travels to a secluded Amish community with a documentary film crew seeking answers about her mother and extended family. This, I mean, where, where do we begin here? It's a paranormal activity that is going for a mockumentary that takes place in an Amish community. What an idea. Now, you know, the veins of found footage found footage is a film medium where the audience is at the mercy of our protagonist without somebody being the conduit into that world. We don't see anything. And that electric eye is all we have. So when you take our filmmaker our essentially our tour guide through the movie and put them in a community that is like essentially anti-electronics Instantly, everything is tension building here. Um, this film, just so you know, it's not, it's less paranormal one through four and more the marked ones. It's definitely kind of like remote, tangential. Um, I'll tell you right now, as uh, Clark comes back in the room, I loved it. I had a ton of fun. I also had two people in the movie doing some 1999 throwback uh, roasting of the film. I actually had to tell them to stop at one point because... 1999? Yeah, like right off of the Blair Witch. Oh, Like, okay. oh, what are we filming here? And I, was, I had to turn around. Let me give a quick shout out to our East Bay cinematographer friend, Jasadi, <laughs> who I was like, boy, you got to update the jokes. Like... Maybe don't call him boy. I, I know. <laughs> God. I, I should call him girl as he has transitioned. I'm, yeah, I, that's how Not you helping. That's how you dig a hole Not deeper. Helping. <laughs> no, but I'm like, dude, come on. Like we run a found footage film fest. We've, we've heard everything. And honestly, you know, the stigma of the genre, it's come a long way and it's actually dissipated. Again, I always talk about the ARG negotiation. If you're here for the journey, you'll enjoy the film. If you come in there with like now to, to play devil's advocate to myself, when you call something paranormal activity, you're, you're already up. There's a lot of baggage there. And I think for, um, for the people that were roasting it coming in, they already were like, Oh, paranormal activity, which I mean, what is a security camera narrative? Mostly this one is no, we're, we've got characters. It's handheld. We do, um, a little bit of mixed media, not a lot. And uh, we go for it. I would say this is more akin to As Above, So Below than any of the other fin- uh, paranormal activity entries. Now, I know you didn't like it, Clark. Yeah, hated it. There's also some things that I had real <laughs> issues with in this movie. But wh- what did you hate about it? Okay. <clears throat> Russell, it's a, it's, a, it's a bigger picture on this. I think I am morally offended. Mm-hmm. 
by paranormal activity next of kin. And he, and here's why. Um, yes, I understand. No spoilers, there, right? Oh, okay, I was. I'll okay, go no spoilers. I'll I'll, I'll 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 stick to broad strokes here. There's some things I enjoyed about this, uh, but overarchingly so, when you look at the big picture of this thing, I think it is an offense to found footage on a couple different levels. Now, this one uh, was picked up by Paramount Plus, and it's streaming on Paramount Plus, and there is money all over the place. This thing looks incredible. Um, they've got toys. They've got incredible production value, and none of which has been previously present in any of the other Paranormal Activity films. I have no problem with franchise films changing directions. I've got no issue with that, and sometimes I think it's, it's brilliant, you know? Texas Chainsaw Massacre to Texas Chainsaw 2. You know? Changing things up. Exorcist 3. You know? Making things a little different. I've got no problems with that. Even within the found footage genre. But the reason why I like the found footage genre is because I am a person who was born with a chip on his shoulder. <laughs> and I like things that also have chips on their shoulders. For example, where I went to school, smaller school, smaller conference, we get shit on by the big boys. We're in the SEC footprint, so we get brushed aside. But I stick I stick with my guns. I support what I support. Smaller, niche, I like these things. And then when you take the niche things and you throw money in it to try to make it more popular, it's just bullshit. And I don't like what they did here. It didn't add anything to this. They're just plastering the paranormal name on it to try to get that crowd in there mm -hmm. because they, you know, yeah, they put money in it, but in the grand scheme of things, it's a found footage horror film, so it's not a ton of money. So it's a good marketing thing, and it's a good thing for the studio. And it just felt very studio. It felt very gross. And I don't like that with my found footage. And I just, I, it just, felt icky to me have you seen all the paranormal activity movies? i've seen most of them have you seen the marked ones no i've been meaning all right to, yeah, I need yeah, to there you go it's uh it actually feels a lot like the marked ones again but think about paranormal activity uh stationary security cameras versus handheld like documentary in uh the marked ones you know it's a couple of kids running around with the camera completely different feel we were actually talking about um whether or not this movie was actually like acquired after, like if it wasn't meant to be a paranormal activity thing. Yeah. There is, there is like a, a it moment. It seems like they made it during the pandemic. Yeah, for sure. Well, they did. And like Randy mentioned earlier, uh, just like acknowledging that, like with film and wearing masks, they do in here. I actually kind of liked it though. Randy, did you see this movie? No, I haven't seen it. I've Did also only seen like the first two paranormal movies. Oh, I'm shocked. Don't watch four. I'm a big fan of Paranorman, though. Okay. My man. Cut his mic. Also, um, I I am sick of us exploiting the Amish community. Okay. <laughs> it's boring. It's tired. <laughs> it the, that the whole it just felt lazy to me. Okay. I just well, don't care. Now I like the again, I mentioned I like the uh conflict with people living uh, off the land with no electricity, with you know, 
a found footage film. Like they just, those are two different worlds colliding. Um, the things I liked about this film actually are a lot of uh, the money things. If you have money in a found footage movie, you really got to take us somewhere different. And in the third act, they have a, there's a location that I loved and they play around with it a lot. And you know, you couldn't do that without money. You have no morals. I dude, I, I was on board for <laughs> this all the way. Whore. Also, um, I had complaints and uh, the thing is they uh, earlier, I mentioned to Randy dogma 95, you know, they have the rule book. They throw it out every time. Sure. There, there isn't a movie that applied by all of them. I got no problem. With this movie broke the golden rule. They, they have footage of like ghost camera filming. Like there, there are shots in this movie that get progressively more egregious that are clearly not from a camera. And in the beginning, there's a diner shot. They're doing this Christopher Guest shit where it's like, I'm holding the camera and you get a little bit, you get a little bit of tension because it's not on a tripod and they're just talking at a diner, whatever. And it's cross cut. And there's only one dude with the camera. They're like, where's that other camera angle coming from? And it's also shaky. So the picture that this like gives you, like the mental image you get, is a dude holding two cameras. He's got a cannon in each hand, filming at a weird angle, and they're cross-cutting between it. It's like, you know what, whatever. That that's fine. I'm here for the for the fun. Like, let's watch this movie. Then in the second act, we get some like over-the-shoulder shit. And it's like, uh, <laughs> uh now one of the criteria one of the the comments I made during the movie is that the aesthetic of this film is very outlast Two. If you play video games, you know what I mean? We're in a like uh, Amish adjacent community and we have a frame of, you know, like a, a video camera and it's kind of uh, the conduit in that game, similar into this movie. That's interesting. Uh, we got into a debate about how video game this film is. It that's it's dumb. If you want to have that contact me, the third act though, there is a moment where the camera shifts from a camera. We're looking through the lens of a camera to over the shoulder to POV embodied in somebody's head to back to over the shoulder to a ghost camera floating. And our lead, she falls on the ground, hits the ground, which reverberates it. It causes a digital it, it, software glitch in the ghost camera. That bothered me to no end because I'm like, now somebody's editing this movie. They have to be aware that this is not represented by any camera that we've seen in this film. She hits the ground, but it shakes the camera kind of like it was on a tripod that shook. And to like, I don't know, blend it in. They, they do the fucking like digital thing. And I'm like, Oh, besides that aneurysm, I, uh, again, <laughs> I, I thought it was a lot of fun. You didn't like the the goofy boom guy? No. Yeah. I didn't like anything. Really? Is that Dan like... Lippert? Oh, I don't know. The actor? I was just looking at the cast. Dan Lippert is in this, yeah. and he's also yep. um, regularly on Comedy Bang Bang podcast. Oh, wow. Um, a podcast that y'all talk oh, about that that's I've him. never given a chance to. I really liked his character in this movie. He did a... Uh... But again, uh, the thing that Clark's not wrong, this film... If the devil was in the room and they're like, hey, we have this like nice little movie, you know, his hands out and he says, shake my hand and I will make people like your movie more. But you need to uh, compromise all of your integrity. And at any point Sold. where we have a hard found footage moment, 
we need to take it in a like casual film audience moment. And we need to just make this fun. We need to gloss over shit. We need some like lowbrow humor. Brady, there's slow-mo. There is a uh, Chekhov slow-mo. Chekhov's slow-mo, dude. Now, because we had uh, the old men from the Muppet show in the back of the room, <laughs> I, uh, and there, we, before the movie, we were talking about the use of the whole origin of Chekhov's blank and how the only time that you can do it wrong is when there's no payoff. And it's actually not a Chekhov's thing. And it's like B-roll that had too much emphasis. And you're like, that shotgun over the fireplace is going to come in later. And it doesn't. So after that conversation, while we were watching this movie, they do slow-mo. And I turned around to the grumpy old man. And I said, that's Chekhov's slow-mo. And I was right. And uh, weird choice once again. You didn't like the Chekhov slow-mo? Uh, no. <laughs> So I did not watch this with you guys. I turned this on at like midnight on Friday night when I got in. Because you decided to watch the movie without me. Um, So cool. Thanks. You were flying back from Arizona where you party and have chicken tenders and cigarettes. You would have stayed through that whole. Yeah. I'm sorry. I watched the whole thing by myself after Mm -hmm. you guys did. So fuck you. Yeah. But you also walked out as Satan's little helper. I know. I got tired. Okay. There you go. (laughs) That's different. Um. Wait, what was your original question? Uh, if you had liked Chekhov's slow-mo. No, dude, when that happened, I went, fuck this. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, this movie was not made for people who are running a found footage film fest. Although I'm, I now feel it like... It felt icky and gross to me, man. Oksana, where, where are you on this movie? Um, I need to rewatch it. Oh, cool. <laughs> you're the tiebreaker. You sleepy town. Well, not because of the movie, but yeah, we started it very late, and I don't know. I I did. Um, I was, I guess, disappointed. I don't know, unhappy when it broke format, but I think it it got over it. I really liked the the characters. I don't know. I'm pro next of kin. <laughs> I like how you took a completely neutral stance. Also, you, she did fall asleep. I feel like I missed a lot of key points of the story that I heard about yeah. later. Well, so. normally when I'm teasing you about falling asleep, it's because you're in and out. And I know how, again, I've talked about it on the show. That's like the worst feeling in the world. This one, she was taking a nap. This was an uninteresting, unoriginal idea that they just slapped the paranormal activity name on it to try to make some money. This thing is gross. I hate it. We'll see you next week. <laughs> All right. No, we're not going to end it. But uh, oh, okay. I'm, I'm, no, yeah. Closing, closing thoughts. I thought it was a fantastic premise. Great ideas. Idiot. I love the Amish. Let's bring cameras in there. Let's <laughs> again. One of the things they did right, and we've talked about on here, is you know when you're doing like Man Bites Dog, the real villain are they're the people filming, and this film they really get the whole. There is no privacy when there's a camera around vibe, and I, I love that theme and um. I don't know. I thought it was pretty thoughtful. Probably not intended to be a found footage movie. It did feel like, I don't know if it was careless or just like lazy to. Okay. You were asleep. Well, no, I mean, from what I saw, because there was one point where I think it was, it was the main character's point of view, but they did treat it like it wasn't the one you were talking about. I don't think, but like they treat her point of view as if she's a camera. Okay. Know. Clearly you were drunk and taking a nap. She has no idea what she's talking about. All right. It's the best way to watch them. <laughs> Don't ask me. <laughs> That's also fair. Yeah. All right. Um, now, uh, 
that wraps up this episode. I do want to do a light tease for your own Thursday. We've got a hell of a treat for you. No tricks, just treats. Thursday, we've got Nigel Bach coming back on the show. Um, we can fully announce that as it's in the can, and unless Randy fucks it up, we're going to be good to go for Thursday. Also, Randy, I say that tongue in cheek and jokingly, as I have <laughs> nothing but love and admiration for what you are and what you do for us at this show. Um, just, Thank you, sir. Just thought of another plug we should have been doing for a month now. Uh, the F5 submissions are still open. I know we mentioned that one time back in August. Who, who knows? Um, they're still open and uh, it's coming together. So I hope people are getting excited for that. And um, TBR will be back next week. Yay. Don't worry. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> Great. <laughs> you can watch the football game again. Randy, take her home. And I may see you guys next week as I will be in California flying in Saturday morning. So maybe the next uh, episode people listen to will be a in-person episode. Let's do it. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdo.